Hey, everybody, it's Lee. I know we're heading into the offseason, so we wanted to give a shout-out to our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena, one more time. And again, we have a coupon for $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at hockey.sensearena.com. I always like to remind everybody, I've been using this thing for six months, and I'm just blown away, not just from the VR aspect of it and the virtual reality side of things, but the ability to give different perspectives of the game, whether I'm playing as a goaltender, and I got to admit, it is really hard, but it has really given me a perspective from that point of hockey, which has made me a better coach and a better ice hockey player, or the skater modes, which help you work on cognitive skills and other things like heads-up play that you don't normally get to work on in a practice or a game. So I implore you to check it out. It helps us out. It helps them out. Support our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena. Get $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Again, that's Hockey Never Stops. That's the code at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Check it out. And without further ado, enjoy this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. Hey, everybody. Got a great mailbag episode today. We got an email uh, from a listener of the show that was asking about how to bring the fun back to hockey at a AAA or top tier level uh, when your kid might be struggling or going through those emotional changes of, uh, you know, I'm not getting recruited and this is happening. You know, when your kids hurt, you hurt. So we really dive into this today and we really unpack it uh, from a player, from a coach, from a from a from a parent type point of view and and uh, some of it's pretty harsh in a good way if you know what i'm trying to say so make sure you listen ahead on this one i also want to remind you if you love our show uh and 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 you find value in it please give us that five-star review on apple or spotify or wherever you listen uh, and make sure to share it with friends we're trying to grow that community that we've built so far and you guys are unbelievable as an audience the amount of emails and messages we get about just things like hey I've, i never knew somebody else had felt that way just means a ton to us so the more you share it the more the community grows the more the community grows the more we can get these great messages out there and really help to make the hockey community a better place for everybody um so yeah share it like it follow it whatever you need to do and also uh as a reminder you can email us at our kids i'm sorry team at our kids play hockey.com uh, or we have a facebook group uh, where the conversation continues after the episode sometimes uh, it's just our kids play hockey. So without further ado, enjoy this episode where Mike, Christy, and I unpack this email. It's a good one. Enjoy it. Hello, hockey friends and families around the world, and welcome to another edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. I'm Lee Elias. I'm joined, as always, by my best friends in the world, Mike Benelli, Christy Cashiano Burns. We're here for you. We've got a great topic today, uh, user, listener, follower-generated topic. Got it in an email. I'm going to start off the episode by just reading it to you. And we're going to dive right in because this one's all about finding the fun again, especially when you're playing at the elite levels. Here's the email. Again, the names have been removed to protect the innocent. Hello, everyone. I was wondering if there's a way to restore the fun that tier one hockey politics have seemed to take away. Our son used to love the game to where we were ru ruining jeans and playing knee hockey every night in the living room. He couldn't get enough of it. Now that he's made it to AAA, the politics have seemed to make the game no longer fun to play. He's now constantly playing in fear of being benched for making a mistake during a game. It's to the point that he almost is dreading playing now. How do we save him and restore the love of the game instead of how will I survive in the hockey world of scouts that aren't contacting me by, like my teammates? Thanks for the advice in advance. So, hey, first off, great email. Thank you for sending it over to us. We actually put this in our chat between the, the, the four of us, uh, you know, Mike, Christie, and Caitlin and I. And started having a discussion right away. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's save this for an episode. We got to do an episode about this. But, um, Mike, I'm going to throw it to you first because th this is something I think a lot of parents 
feel and fear. And we hear it a lot that, you know, at the highest levels that the pressure is on um, and it can really torment in some cases, kids in other cases, it can completely make them go to the next echelon. So where do you want to even start on unpacking this? Cause I think it's a really fair question. Yeah. Well, so <clears throat> I think it's, you know, coming from the perspective of somebody who's built crazy triple a programs and somebody who's kind of, I don't want to say uh, reformed, but you know, have seen the damage it could do to 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 parents and players and families and relationships. It just and and this is not just hockey, by the way. This is every you know every sport has this problem where it seems like the higher the level, um, whether it's eight U AAA or eighteen U AAA or elite or whatever you want to call it, that we have so many of these programs now that people get drawn to. And the same, you know, if we're drawn to them, if we as parents are drawn to these programs for our kids without asking our kids, like without really getting our kids feedback and the understanding of what this is going to be, um, that's just like everything else, right? You're, you're, you're opening it up to the interpretation of the player. And I think a lot of us say, well, I don't care what the player thinks. This is what what's best for them. So I'm going to put them in this situation. And now when they're miserable, really the only person you can blame is yourself. So I'm not blaming the the writer, but I can almost 90% sure that any program that a kid's in that's having a problem like this, you knew about the program prior to signing up for the program. So it, it, most of the time, these are not like, oh my God, it's a revelation. I can't believe that it's no longer fun. And we've done episodes on this before where do your research. It's not going to be fun, it, 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 but it depends on what your child's definition of fun is. Right. Um, you know, we've all heard the stories lately of, you know, Connor Bedard, the Canadian superstar, you know, his parents are going to Hawaii when he was like, I don't know, nine years old or something. And he demanded, well, if I'm going to Hawaii, I need to bring my rollerblades and my stick. Right. And that's just a crazy like that's that's not a normal kid. That's a, that's that's an elite minded kid that has other his own goals and expectations. That's not mom and dad saying, hey, we're going to pack your rollerblades and you have to go work out. Right. 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 So right. so that's the difference. And I think there. And so I think, for, you know, in the short answer is we all know the programs are signing up for. Buyer beware. Don't be surprised that in December your child is unhappy, miserable not wanting to go to the rink anymore because the pressure is too great or the expectations are too high on a program you knew was going to be that way when you signed up for it. I agree. You really got to do your homework. You got to do your research. You got to prepare your kid. This is a very, we're signing up for a very disciplined team, a well-disciplined team, no nonsense. And if you want to, if you want to be a part of that, you have to change your mindset too. It's not like last year's team there's a lot of fun, a lot of goofing around. The coach didn't care if you were late. It's okay if you missed a game. This is a different arena. And make it clear to them that that's what they're getting into. And if they're okay with it, then you can't complain in the midseason when, hey, mom and dad, this, wow, what what do you mean we're not going to, you know, screw around this practice? No, we don't do that in this, this level. You know, so well, you well, really have to prepare your kid for what they're in for. The, the ironic thing is the, the teams that have the most fun and have the best, you know, times together 
are, are usually the ones that are the most successful anyway. So, you know, it's a lot of it's like, okay, you chose to go to a program that doesn't have their expectations straight, but you knew that. But the, 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 the stark reality is the coaches that know how to put kids together in groups that they, they can succeed by having fun, by supporting each other, by creating a competitive environment, but a fun environment, an environment where you want to come to the rink every day, an environment where you can't wait to explore the new things you're going to learn. Those are the best programs that succeed. Not, you know, it's, it doesn't, triple A elite hockey doesn't have to equal your life is over and you have to commit everything you do to this program. But you do have to understand that what happens is as that pyramid gets smaller and smaller in your community and the triple A team is here and the rec team is here, this team's going to have more people that have a, a different mindset than, than the people that think that just goofing around and having fun is not okay. And again, I would argue that if you created a more fun environment, you would get more kids to play right. at a higher level, but we're just but not, not all that. teams are, are made equal. Right. No, so, well, that's, and that's there's, where a, the there's a reason. Right. Well, and, and again, well, I think we got to break this one down a little bit too, because there's three aspects here and keeping in mind to the person that wrote this email, we're not talking directly to you. We're talking very broadly at this time. Um, there's a lot of unknowns in these situations and you got to break it down to three things and that's coaching players and parents. All right. And all three of these things have to kind of work together to create that fun environment. If even one of them is off. And again, in the case of this email, we're not there. We don't know which one this is. Right. right? It will throw the whole thing off. You can have great parents and great kids and bad coaches. It's not going to be fun. You can have great coaches, great kids, bad parents. It's not going to be fun. And if the kids are not good, it's not going to be fun for anyone. Right. So I think that we got to kind of break it down to those three things. And, you know, Starting with the coaching staff, I think, Mike, you just addressed that. You know, it's on us to make sure that the game is fun, that we figure out good fun practices, and that if it's going to be at a triple-A competitive level, there are still ways to make that fun. Now, with that said, at the triple-A level, fun is and, – and I'm just using the email as a reference here – not ripping jeans on the floor. That That is fun when you're a younger kid and it's just recreational in terms of the nature of the game. Fun at a triple A level is working your butt off and competing with the kid next to you to try and get more pull-ups or to try and do better on the ice. That is That was fun for me when I played. I enjoyed that. Now, with that said, I can totally see why that not would not be fun for every kid. Now, again, in the case of email, maybe, maybe this kid is very competitive, right? Um, which brings me to this. Right? This is the kind of main point I want to make on this episode, uh, which we've talked about before, right? Not every season... Oh. This doesn't matter who you are. Not every season is going to be perfect. I have had, I'd say half of my youth seasons were, I don't want to say downers, but they weren't the best. I'll put it that way, right? I have a bottom half and a top half. But what I do remember is being coached from my parents on, okay, it's not that great. What are you going to do? How are you going to take accountability with these issues that you have to overcome them? Because it was about more than hockey. And again, the email references scouts and elite people and watching. As a parent, I think it's on me. And again, look, kids are a separate whole human being. They're going to look at things differently. But I think as a parent, as the, as the leader, as the mentor, it's look, no matter what happens in your hockey career, I don't define my love for you or how I value you based on how many people are watching you. It's are you a good person? Are you doing the very best you can? When we're done with this experience, will you be able to look back, even if you get benched every game, 
saying that you did everything you possibly could mentally and physically to achieve the goal you were pursuing. To me, that's more valuable than any scout giving you a scholarship. And again, there might be people out there that disagree with me on this. And that's okay. That's the whole purpose of the show. But I think it's about taking accountability, taking the adversity head on. I think that when we break the scenario down, I'm throwing this back to you two now, you know, tell me how getting benched and not getting ice time is any different than having a really rough boss at a job, right? Or having a professor in college that's just not on your side. These are things that your kids are going to face. So I think as a parent, your ability to look at those things, compartmentalize them, see what the real issue is, is, okay, maybe my kid or you know, maybe my kid has a hard time dealing with adversity, or maybe he's, he's great with adversity and this coach really does suck. It's a teaching yeah. moment for you as the parent. So that's kind of my answer to the email. I'm not trying to sound harsh. I'm, I, we all love our kids. I really don't think anybody listening to the show doesn't love their kids more than anything on the planet. You wouldn't be here if that wasn't the case. You'd be listening to Spit and Chicklets. Oh, uh, anyway, I'm going to throw it back to you <laughs> I guys. I know, I know. That was a, that was a total <laughs> joke. Um, but yeah, I'll throw it back to you guys now because because that's that's my first train of thought. And then you break it down to the hockey after that. Yeah. I, I, I think I think I, I look at the one thing that you said earlier, you know, about, you know, th that I always try to tell that to kids, right? That, well, you know what fun is? Fun's winning. And you know how you win? Well, you work hard and you and you learn and you and right. you develop and you do. But at the same time, the real the teams that you start hearing um you know, after a season, right? After a winning season, you find out, well, you know what the most fun was? We did this paintball event where blah, blah, blah. Or, hey, you know, we did this thing where we all broke into the rink and skated at two o'clock. There's, there's all, it depends on the age, right? But, you know, knee hockey for an elite hockey team should be fun, can be fun. Oh, if you're in, totally if you're in, now, I, I don't, I don't personally agree with it. I think it's, I think it's just bad judgment for parents having your kids at 11 or 30 at night playing knee hockey in a hotel where, People are paying $400 a night. But that being said, I think it's you find they're having fun. They're bonding. There's no. And I think what happens is everybody keeps equating elite and development to not having fun. And it's so weird to me because I it think is. the more fun you're having and the more competition there is and the more you can build uh, that that internal drive is fun and the right. kids can find ways to make it fun in the in the competition now if your son or daughter doesn't find that fun and they don't find competition uh you know stimulating th then they're probably not truly going to be an elite athlete anyway Great so point, i think we all and, and i think this the whole idea that it's like oh this person's getting scouting and this person's not listen the adage from the day i started coaching and playing to today is the exact same. If you are good enough, they will find you. That's the bottom line. No scout. And again, we, we it's a little hard because we don't know the age of the child of the player here, but if this is a, if this is 15, you, there's no scout looking at you anyway. There just isn't. Now maybe they're up in, you know, maybe they're in the, the OHL, you know, maybe they're in a, in a place where there's a, there's a Bantam scout or something like a Bantam draft or whatever. But for the most of us, Nobody's getting scouted at 12 years old and 13 years old and 14 years old. They're just not. And the ones that are, and, and you know, it's just like when you get letters and Chris, you probably experienced this too with your daughter, right? Everybody like, you know, they're 16, 17, 18 years old and they're all getting letters yes. from colleges and prep schools. 
And it's all like, oh, guess who wrote me a letter? Oh, yeah. yeah. You mean the, the form letter they send out? Yes, that one. <laughs> it you does know, so make just, you feel special. <laughs> it does make you feel special. Oh, my God. You know, you know NYU just uh, sent my son a letter. This is unbelievable. I, I like this. But I think it's just I think it's just it's part of the business. It's part of everyone. You know, they, they throw out the big net and then they kind of see who's there. The, the special kids are the special kids. The rest of us are just we're just players. And yeah. The scouts will find you. Nobody's going to miss you if you're good enough. And 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 maybe you don't get maybe maybe you don't get a chance here. You don't get a chance there. But but in my experience, it all evens out in the end. And the kids that are going to be found are found. I, I, and I the kids to... that are found out, you know, too early. You know, one of the one of the expressions I try to use with the the, the young guys that I train is it's always. It, it's 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 great to be seen right it's great to be you know it, it's great to be seen but maybe but sometimes it's bad to be seen too much like mm, don't yeah. rush to be seen it for everything just be mm-hmm. be seen at the right time yeah. you know not all the time and i think it's That's, just right. i think it's just That's i think great. it's just a, it. at that age at 13 yeah. 14 15 16 years old sometimes it's just about you know sneaking on the scene and don't worry about what your teammates are doing that that, that has nothing to do with you Right. All you can do is control you. Great advice. Concentrate on your development, getting better, you know, getting faster, you know, doing some off ice training too. That's going to help develop your core. There's all things you can do at that age, 13, 14, 15, to start developing your skills as a skater. And then, then you'll get seen. But I did, I do want to mention that, uh, and I forgot, I forgot about this. So AAA teams. Yeah. We were, we had a tournament in Cleveland and, the coaches didn't plan any tours or fun activities, but all of us parents took it upon ourselves to schedule in a trip to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for the kids. Wow, that was so fun. I mean, they were getting kind of beat up on the ice with these teams from uh, these elite teams from across the nation, but it kind of all melted away when we were out wandering around the streets of Cleveland and you know, checking out the food and restaurants and living life, rock and roll hall of fame. So that yeah. made it fun. Um, yeah. So there are things that parents can do, even if your kid's playing triple A to uh, make it fun and memorable for the kids, even if it's, it's very rigorous on the ice during, you know, practices and games, there are things you can do to help the kids bond and, and have some fun. You know, Christy, you're bringing up a funny point that's reminding me. I, I always like to make myself a little vulnerable on these shows. And, you know, my wife, uh, who's the ying to my yang, I love very much, look up to her. I remember, you know, my both my kids are in the game now. And I remember she came up to me the other day and she's like, can we just do something else aside from hockey? Yes. And, 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 you know, it's funny because for <laughs> me, again, for me, I could do this all the time. I yeah. could do it 24-7 and be completely happy. I love the game that much, but she is so right in that yeah. you've got to do something else oh, aside yeah. from hockey. All right. And, and yeah. the thing is for everybody listening, some of you relate to this, some of you won't. That's incredibly hard for me. I mean, I look, I love my family more than anything, but I love the game a lot. All right. And I want to be around it all the time, but it is so important that you take a break. And I remember like we, we, uh, we did this a few weeks ago. We went, uh, to like a Christmas market during the holidays. And it, it's a groaner for me when I think about it, but I'm glad I did it. It wasn't bad. We had a good time. We did stuff as a family, yeah. you know, we got out chocolate. And it's like, 
I just was like, you know, thank God she's around to remind me to do that. Now, now to be fair to me, there is another side of this where we do more hockey and she needs to be there more, but that's a, that's a topic for another time. Um, but you buy Christmas ornaments. Yeah. You know, I got, I got a Dwayne, the rock Johnson hockey, 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 Christmas ornament. I I didn't buy that one. Actually, somebody else did, but no, I got a Dwayne, the rock Johnson, a Sonic, the hedgehog, (laughs) but, uh, but no, Christy, you're right. Like on these trips. And again, look, the coaches are focused on the hockey and and probably not wrongly. So you're in Ohio, you're somewhere. There's stuff to do. Like we've all probably gone to Lake Placid. If you're on the East coast, all you did was go to the rink and back to your hotel. And you didn't go skating on the lake if it was that time of year, or you didn't go check out some of the other stuff around town. And it, that's not a glamorous town, right? There's stuff to do though, right? Tons of um, stuff, places right. to eat, you know, memorabilia. No, we went. To, we went I'm to the Olympic Museum. You gotta we live. Went to the, you gotta we were live. the only two. We we're the only family in the Olympic Museum. Like we're it, we're in the Olympic Village. I said, what? Right. What? Where else you gonna go? You can't go to the bar, you know, the whole time. <laughs> I, but but I think I think it's but I think it's it, it all you know it comes. That, that and that's where again elite hockey doesn't necessarily mean no fun right and it right. means it and actually the ironic thing is when you see these elite teams and if you're one of these people on these teams mm-hmm. you probably have more money than the other hockey kit families right. and you probably can do these other experiences i mean i see our elite teams in our area every time you turn on social media they're at a boston college game or they're at at, at notre dame or right. they went to a D- detroit red wings game when they were in town like the whole team not just like yeah. one kid like 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 25 kids in in the stands so they're not just there for hockey and and right. uh, but i i also do think that you know and we can talk about this and we've talked about this already but you know that the you know throwing a, the elite label on anybody that's not playing pro mm-hmm. hockey is wrong anyway. In my Agreed. it just Agreed. in my opinion, there are no yeah. elite eight year olds. They don't exist. It's all they don't. Ex- they, they don't exist. And I think we we so by by throwing that on there, we put the pressure on our kids and and our families, right? Because mom and dad are are part of that pressure. They're like they have to go to work and they got to look at their, um, you know their 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 cubicle mate and be like oh what would you you know did your kid did your kid make the elite team no and he's he's playing uh no he's playing he's playing rock hockey he's playing rock <laughs> hockey. and 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 but that's not that that should but but the whole idea here is our 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 children should be just loving whatever level they're at and then right. you as a parent sometimes you have to be like okay the reality is i want to play knee hockey he wants to play all the time he wants to get and 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 experience other things. Then I gotta I gotta tone it down to the team we put him on, even though he he might be in the mix for that level. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to remember who your child is and say because the kids don't really care. I don't care who you are. I I have not yet met a child that's like get like I well I'm qu- I'm quitting hockey because because I didn't I, I you're not letting me play on that team. Then I gotta quit hockey. And they're gonna and they and they they fi- it's amazing how kids find friends so quickly in these environments no matter what level you put them at there's very few kids that like you know thumb their nose at the team they're on it just doesn't happen very often and if it does then that's maybe that's a you problem but more of it is whatever team your kid is on let them flourish let them develop let them let their own personality come out and then let them find their own level and if they're really that good somebody's going to keep pushing them to get up and move up but if it's but 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 my experience is more about okay who can afford to move up and who will pay to move up and those are the kids that we're going to move up. So, 
Great points, Mike. And, and, and there's two parts of this email we got that I actually want to break down specifically now uh, with the time that we have left. So I'm going to read a sentence or two from the email, and then I want us to dive in. And again, there's two specifically that kind of, um, I don't want to say they were alarming, yeah. but they made me think a little bit. Um, this sentence right now, he is now constantly playing in fear of being benched for making a mistake during a game. So let's break that down a little more than just hockey. Okay. A fear of failure is an extremely common issue amongst humans. It's not just hockey players or young kids, right? Now I'll say when you're younger, it's a lot harder in some, some ways, in some ways it's not right. Um, but to the person writing this email, I think you have to address head on as a parent, the fear of failure. And that if you're playing in fear of failing, you are going to fail. All right. Um, and that I know that's hard for a, a teenager to hear, and they might not respond well to it. But here's the thing about kids. They may not respond, but they they hear you. And you got to remember that a lot of the stuff that they don't respond to or push you off when they're 25, they heard you. <laughs> they'll remember it and they'll apply it. Uh, it's just like coaching any level. You got to tell these kids sometimes to drill 15 times before they get it. As a parent, yeah. Look, you cannot play in fear of failure. All right. It is not successful in anything. You can't live in fear of failure. Now, you're going to probably ask, well, how do I do that? You have to stop seeing failure as failure, right? Mm. What do I mean by that? Making a mistakes is part of life, but you can learn. So if you're getting benched in a game, hopefully the coach is giving you very clear communication of this is why you're getting benched. Then the question comes back to accountability again. What are you doing to work on that? And are you excited to work on that? I was just talking with a friend of mine before this podcast about John Tortorella and the Philadelphia Flyers. And he was telling me, because he works with a lot of pro players, that there's a lot of high-level talent players that like John Tortorella because he's so black and white. He will yeah. say, you are being benched because you did this. Now think about this from a, from a job perspective, because at the NHL, it's a job. Your boss has just said to you, I need you to fix this. He's given you clear, concise this is what I need you to do. You will not be on the team per se until you do it. You can't get any better than that. Now he throws compliments like sledgehammers. I'll give him that. All right. It's not, he's not going to make you feel good. He's not there to empathize with you. Again, we're talking about the most elite level there is, but you need to know the issue so you can work on it. And that working on it, as Kobe Bryant said, is the dream. That's actually the dream is getting to do it. So I just wanted to bring that up is that your, your son or daughter has a fear of failure. And I understand it. I did too at that age. So the mentorship has to be there of, listen, you can't play in fear. You have to control what you can control. You have to be as present as possible. You know, there's that great uh, talk that one time that person said that if you're skiing, you don't look at the trees. Because if you're looking at the trees, you're going to hit a tree. You look at the path. And I'm hoping, and again, maybe the coach hasn't done this, that someone's given you the path, right? Then you got to follow it. Right, but you can't fear failure. I'll throw that to you too now. Yeah, you can't be afraid to try. Um, good life lessons there too, because uh, adversity, as you know, can be our greatest teacher. You learn from your mistakes. I remember when I was just starting out figure skating, I was really good at it, but I was so afraid of falling. And my coach came over and he said, you're really hesitant. You know, you're, you're very trepid when you're skating. What's going on with you? I said, I'm afraid of falling. He goes, it's okay. Fall, that's good. You need right. to fall. That's how you learn. And then you're, you're going to pick yourself back up and keep going. So 
Yeah, um, I think we can all identify with that young man. We're all afraid of failing and, and not succeeding at what we want to do. But you have to, you have to keep pushing yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the first thing you teach to every learn to skate kid. Is, get is, fall down. Go ahead, fall. We want you to fall. Let's, let's fall yeah. as many times as possible. And, right. you know, fall on your butt. Just don't fall on your head. You know, fall on your knees. Don't fall <laughs> on your head. You know, it's just, it's just a matter of learning how to fall. I mean, that's one of the, the, the core principles of teaching skating is teaching players how to fall, you know, and how to and how to and how to get up. I mean, that's the yeah. whole idea of sport, you know, yeah. fall, get up, fall, get up, fall, get up, punch somebody in the face, get up. You know, it's just, you know, <laughs> get, you know this is this is what sport is. But I think yeah. going back to uh, the other piece of this, uh, you know, the, the fear of failure and the fear that every time they make a bad play and a shift. Again, not to be harsh, you knew the coach when you signed up for the team. There, there, there's ne I've, I, I've never, I have not seen yet in in thirty something years or whatever it is, forty, whatever it is. Oh my God, that coach is like, where did he come from? Like, I can't believe all of a sudden in December the he switch. was screaming and yelling at the kids and 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 went into the locker room and told them how embarrassed he was by them or. It, it, it just doesn't happen. So you, again, you signed up for that environment. Period. End. You signed up. So there, don't don't come back and be surprised that your kid's not reacting well in that situation. You signed up for it. So now, can can to Lee's point, can we then can we can we say well we. We can teach you because that's going to happen in, in the real world. You're going to I can't protect you from that. Right. As a parent later on in life. So can I can I teach you the tools and 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 and, and techniques that you can do to to work through that? But right. your job as a parent of a, of a six year old, 12 year old, 15 year old is to guide them and not put them in those situations. So if you right. did it and you signed up and you knew the coach. And you and, and you thought, well. Yes, he does that for the the crappy players, the players that don't play well. That, but not it's not my kid. And then that is your kid. That's your problem. You know, Mike, I'm going to bring up another great point you're making here. I think this is a great discussion. I got a few notes here. So, I think you're right about you know the coach, right? What I don't think happens is prior to the season. I'm not sure what conversations are having uh, parents and kids are having surrounding that situation. And I'm a believer that if you ask great questions, you will get great answers or at least great conversation. So as a parent, and now I'm talking broadly again, it's not enough just to go, you know, this coach is hard, right? Yeah, I know, dad. Okay. That's not a great conversation. That's not a great question. A great question is there's a good chance during this season, if you don't succeed, you're going to get benched. How are you going to deal with that if it happens? Right. Right. Now, now you've planted a seed of, okay, wow, this could happen. And your kid might go, well, I'm afraid of that. Good. Now we're talking about it. Now we're in it. Now we're having a conversation. How do you think it would feel if you got benched? Now you can really attack, uh, probably not the best word, but dive into a conversation with your kid about, yeah, you, you know what? When you fail, it's okay. Here's another part of this is that, and Mike, you brought this up. You know, we're always okay when babies are learning to walk that they fall down a hundred times. Somewhere down the line, we kind of forget that that's part of life. It's not, you're, you're learning to walk all the time in a lot of different things. And somewhere down the line, it's just not acceptable if you don't know how to walk in 10 minutes. Um, and that's on all of us. So this is just a human trait that kind of gets passed down, right? So we got to be patient with our progress. I think that's a really important part of this. Uh, I always joke on this show that at puberty, all, all bets are off. 
man, your kid might grow five inches and be a completely better player than everybody on the team if he's the tallest or not, right? So you got to give your permission to be to have progress. Here's the other thing too, and, and this one's to all parents. Um, and, and again, I'm just throwing this out there as a question. You know, how have you dealt with your kids' tests at school? Are you the parent that needs 100% or is, you know, is, is 92% okay if they're still doing that? All right. I remember my son came home and my wife handled this beautifully and he didn't do well on a pretest. He was really upset. He, he has a lot of anxiety over this stuff. Um, and he's he's just about to be nine. And I remember my wife said this so brilliantly. She goes, it's pretest. It's practice. She's supposed to mess up. She completely calmed him down with that. You're supposed to mess up right now. What a great lesson she taught him. You're not supposed to do great on the pretest. That's why you have the pretest. Right. So how many pretests are we having in life? And then I remember too, this other one for me was um my mother. <laughs> I remember when I went to college and then grad school, my mother used to say, I used to annoy the hell out of me. This is the point I'm trying to make the parents. Like your kid might not really respond well, but I heard her. She goes, This is not high school. This is college. And you be better be ready for college. My mom's literally calling me as I said this, by the way. I'm gonna call her back in a few minutes. But then she said, This is graduate school. This is not college. Right. And at the time I was really taken aback. But what was she doing? She was preparing me mentally. Of, you need to attack this the right way. And I'll tell you what, I took the challenge on. I, I, I might not have said that to her, but like, yeah, that, I, I took this as a challenge. You don't think I can do this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, so the, 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 she knew, like Mike, to your point, she knew what it was. She understand it was going to go into something that was probably a little different than I had done in the past. And she mentally helped me prepare for the rigors and the potential outcomes of that. So if he's dreading hockey, that's what the email says, is dreading hockey. We're going to get into that in a minute too. Maybe we're not approaching it correctly from all fronts, coaching, parenting, and, and kids. Like, let's rethink it. Let's ask great questions to get great answers and not just live in it. I'll throw that back to you guys. Right. And you could always consider a less pressured team where he or she could develop their skills a little bit more freely and right. make mistakes and, and learn how to be more creative because you're going to have more playing time. Right. So I don't think there's any harm in, you know, taking a kid out of a program after the season ends and says, okay, that didn't really work. You didn't grow. You didn't learn anything. You were afraid to play. Let's try some, a more fun environment, a team where you have a little more creativity. Let's give it a break and see where you're at. And Chris, then you if you you know, you know what I'm saying? What yeah. happens? It's a great suggestion. Yeah. What do you say to the parent that, that says to that, I failed if I did that? That's a failure. How did you fail? What's You're it? listening to your kid. Right. You're listening to the best interest of your player. And this is my point. And this is why I love you, Christy, because because yeah. you're seeing this through these eyes that a lot of hockey parents, I don't think do, right? Yeah. It's not a failure yeah. if if it's not working. It's right. a pivot, right? You're trying something else, yeah. right? But, that's but like, I think that's like the, yeah. that's like the Seinfeld, right? You're, you're trying to make you're trying to make uh, donuts, and then you're, you're you're all of a sudden you find, oh, well, you know what? The 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 actual donut holes are more are, are really right. the way I have to go. <laughs> so I didn't I failed at this. I didn't fail. I just learned, and I I pivoted, and I said, okay, I took the le the lesson. So I do like both sides of that. That if you are in that situation. You you have to almost step back and say, okay, this is cool. This is a great challenge for us, you, right. me, the family. Let's figure out and strategize every day that you can walk into the building and have a a positive experience, and if not a positive experience, a learning experience, and then you can change the narrative of your child. Now, 
It could be, you know, I, I understand it's probably a little different with an eight-year-old than it might be with a 15-year-old. But there's no reason why you can't, you know, you're smart people. We're parents. You're supposed to be smarter than your kids at, at certain times in their lives. <laughs> Figure out a way to 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 help manage that bad situation because you can you can think ahead and say, hey, this is probably going to happen. And then when it does happen, how what are you going to do? Just like right. we would want all our kids to do, right? Um, yeah. You talked a little bit about body language, right? That you know what's going to happen, so you can you can you can either you can either react to it and show your reaction. You know, players don't get don't get as much um, feedback on this as goalies. Like if I'm recruiting a goalie, like I'm watching their body language, like a goalie that slouches or or his heads up or he 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 can't like every single goal. It's like a drama. I'm like, well, this person's not processing this very well right. it's the kid that's intimidating to me is like the kid that gets scored on he just gets back in the pipes and he's ready to go he's like exactly. like like that like the goal didn't even get scored yeah. and that's to, to me but that's not that's learned that doesn't happen that's totally. a learned behavior that's yeah. somebody that's that's coached into that and said eh, this doesn't bother me or you know it's the makeup of this child yeah. so you could you could create the makeup of that kid by how you're coaching them at home and then how you can strategize now would the best would like the ideal scenario be that you're doing this with the coach? Mm -hmm. Yes, but we don't have that luxury all the time. Not, not all coaches are trained that way. Not frankly, there's not a lot of great coaches. If you're, yeah. you're, 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 you're really lucky if you find a great coach, it's the, it's the, it's the normal knucklehead that's coaching our kids because they've got this kind of reputation for winning only because they're able to keep the best kids. And 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 call out the kids that they don't have to teach. Like, honestly, like they're better recruiters than they are coaches. So, in our situation, it's just like in this in this scenario we're talking about, that parent and all of us can now go into each session strategizing as to what's going to be the issue because I know it is going to be. How how are we going to respond to it, and what are the lessons you're going to take out of it? So that we can now talk about it. Maybe that's the car ride home talk. It's not, it's like, hey, you know, this came up in the locker room. How'd, how'd you deal with it? And don't you feel better about the fact that you're controlling your emotions now than somebody else dictating your emotions? And I think that's, these are all great learning experiences. Again, depending on the age of the kid, but you can do this with a seven and eight-year-old. The seven and eight-year-olds are, that, are, that are miserable, who wants to see that? Right. Like as a parent, it kills you, right? It, 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 it bothers you more than maybe the kid. So if you have a seven or eight year old that's not enjoying the game, you might want to think about playing another game. It's a, well, I say this all the time with coaches. Fun. I mean, in our coaching yeah. program, like if you're a coach that doesn't like if you're a coach that's miserable at practice because yeah. your kids suck, don't coach. Like right. imagine like this is supposed to be the most fun part of the day is going to coaching these kids. So if you're already miserable when you get there and your demeanor is yeah. miserable and you're just and your ego is miserable and you're just not a, a happy person person to be there then please don't coach just don't do it because you make us all you make the rest of us look bad it reminded me of the coach i had that took the first 10 minutes of practice to tell us how bad his job was i, I had a coach like that one time and i just remember <laughs> i just remember well, not we, caring. We, yeah <laughs> we had our we had one coach we have one guy that was that was kind of i, I don't want to say i was mentoring him but he was coaching with me and i was like oh, listen i'll i'm gonna put my ego aside and i'm gonna let you do as much coaches as you coaching as you can and like the, his first conversations be like, okay, don't worry about yesterday's game. I know we got blown out. Forget about that. Put that behind you. Don't worry about 
getting killed <laughs> yesterday. I'm like, half these kids don't, they don't even remember. Right. They didn't even remember getting killed yesterday. And now yeah. you just reminded them. So it's just like, like, okay. So there's a lot of, listen, coaching is a science. It's an art. There's no, I, I, I'm not saying that for any other reason, but they're, they're good coaches that take it seriously know how to coach they they right. they, they, they find out they do it perfectly every time no you you brought up a john tortorella is he everybody's cup of tea no but i'll tell you right now there's a lot more players that love him than hate him yeah and uh, there's a lot of people that love that and and again even at the pro level players to for in a lot of ways have a choice to go play for that guy right if there's a free agency you might not go there i mean money doesn't speak to these guys the same way right they say well I, I want to go play for this person and, right. and you, you can create that your own environment. So I think at the youngest levels, you have the choice, you know, you're the one that writes the checks. You have more choice than, than you think. I, I think. I, I absolutely. And it's, it, that brings us actually to the next part of this, which I think is a great segue. Uh, the email said, I want to reiterate this. How do we save him? Pay attention to language here. And again, and to the person who wrote this, I'm doing this on purpose. How do we save him? And restore the love of the game instead of how will I survive in the hockey world of scouts that aren't contacting me like my teammates. So I'm going to be a little harsh now. All right. The hockey world is not the world. And it's really important that we remind our kids that I know it's their world, but you have to remind them that that is not the world and that it is you really should not identify as only a hockey player, because that's only going to be what you see. And you're going to judge everything on a lot of things you can't control. All right. So yes, you are a hockey player, but I think as parents, and again, your kid will fight you on this. I'm fully admitting that, but it's important to say there's a big world out there beyond hockey. And you're part of that. And it's great that you play hockey. You are a hockey player, but that's not who you are. Who you are is how you respond to some of these things that we're dealing with in hockey. Right. And, and, and again, I, I always say this. I, I never tell kids. I don't recommend you tell kids. You say things. Oh, you'll never make the NHL. No one's going to make. Don't tell your kids that. Don't no. don't ruin their dream. I, I, I really bugs me when I hear coaches or parents say, uh, we're never going to make that league. Just don't say it. Okay. But even NHL players have to have a life after hockey. All right. So to the person who wrote this, it's an identity thing. Your kid is probably very upset because they identify solely as a hockey player help them work through that part of it. This game does not define who you are. Getting benched does not define who you are. Your kid, your friends getting contacted by colleges doesn't define who you are. What defines who you are is how you respond, the type of human being that you're going to be. You know, you're a great son. You're a great daughter. I love you. Don't underestimate saying these things to your kids. And again, to the person who wrote this, I don't know if you do that or not. I'm just talking broadly right now. The other thing is, how do we save him and restore the love of the game. It's a very curious comment that that you feel he needs to be saved, right? Now you might be saying, "Oh, I just, that's just that how I wrote it." No, you you wrote it that way. All right, the love of the game has very little to do with how you play the game. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy when I first say it. The love of the game is something you have. You love it because you watch it, you play it, you read it, you do stuff, right? No one can take that from you unless you let them. That's where you got to tell your kid, you're in control of that. You're in control of how you experience this game. Mike, Christy made great points. You knew you, you, you were in these situations. So I understand that sometimes the game is not fun. Okay. I'm going to say this again. Some seasons suck and sometimes it's not fun. That's life. 
That is life. I, you can apply that to anyone here listening to your life. But still love the game. Sometimes parenting is not. Sometimes my kids suck. Still love them. <laughs> All right. You know what I mean? Like so. So you got to take a broader approach. I think when you get into that kind of just the 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 what's it called the blinders of hockey, and what you're supposed to do. You got to take those off for a second. Like there's a there's a whole world. The life lessons alone your kids getting right now through this adversity are invaluable. And how you you both kind of go forward through this adversity, which is hard and it sucks. And I'm with you on that. I've been there. All right, but how you push through it together, that bond as parent and child, it's it's worth more than any NHL contract you're gonna ever find. Just to put it back to that level again. So. I don't think your kid needs to be saved. I'm going to say that pretty pretty point blank. I think their perspective needs to be changed, right? I think you have to understand that I wouldn't worry about what's happening with his teammates. I know he might or she might. You as the parent, right? There's bigger things in the world than that. You're not defined by a college scholarship. You're not defined by a college scholarship or who you play for. You're defined by how you live your life. And I don't think you can remind your kids who will not respond to that well enough because it's when they're 20 and they get that or 25 or 30 or whatever that's when this pays off it's so hard to see that throw it back to you guys <laughs> yeah i mean it's hard to watch your kid hurting if he's having a crummy season and he's you know not the star player and and maybe he's falling behind that is really that is tough but you do have to let them understand that hockey is not who they are it doesn't define them. It's just something they do. You know, if they're not having fun, if it's really wrecking them, then um, maybe you got to rethink it. Maybe you have to find a team that's better suited for them or, you know, work through it and just say, you know what, we're going to get whatever you learn from this team. It's going to make you better. Um, you got to separate it. You got to teach them how to separate compartmentalize mm. their emotions and, um, They'll be better for it, you know, if they can just plow through. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, like I said, this the saving statement, I don't know. Like, I, I, this would be a great conversation to actually have with the individual, right? Because right. it's like, are you saving him or her? Are you saving the player, like – from not wanting to be at the rink and, and, or you just, are you say is it self-serving? Is it like, okay, well, my player actually doesn't even like hockey that much. And this is just a reinforcing the fact that they don't like hockey, but I love hockey. So if you're, you know, I need you to be a hockey player. Like that's my identity. Like I need Ooh, you saving. Like I need, yeah. I need you to be a hockey player for me. Like this is Ivan. And, and this is where hockey gets crazy. Right. And, and a lot of youth sports now, because I've seen, I'm, I'm seeing it more and more in lacrosse now too, that, I've, I've invested this in you. Like we've invested right. 35 weeks a winter, every weekend, 19 tournaments, $25,000 a year, private lesson coaches. We've invested in this. I want to return on my investment. And I think what happens is people like, it's, it's real easy for somebody to say, oh, your son doesn't like chess anymore. All right, well, he used to just play chess on his own, so it doesn't really matter. And the chessboard was eight bucks. So, like, I didn't invest that much in that. Or if my child doesn't like something they've done at school and they weren't inspired by it, I really didn't invest in that. And I think what happens in sports now is because we're investing in it, we feel like there has to be return from it. And that return isn't always 
the highest return, right? Sometimes it's a it's a bad investment. Like your did you see your genetic makeup? Your son, that wasn't a good investment. That was a terrible investment. Like you should have thought about what you were investing in, right? And I think that's just it's what it is. It is what it is. I mean, if you if you want to invest in fun and love and lifelong learning of the sport and and being able to do it. I mean, I I skate with a guy who's like 86 years old or something like that skates and still plays hockey, right? So like that uh, that person's gotten a real pretty good return on his investment. So <laughs> what's your like you know what's your investment in the sport? And if it's your investment, if you're hurting because your son or daughter's you can't save them from quitting, then then I you got almost have to look at it and say, "Well, are they like is this really that bad or are they just not that good?" And then are you just upset because you spent as much money as the other three parents that are getting scouted and you want to know why your money wasn't, didn't get your kids scouted. Mm-hmm. That's just from my, where I'm seeing every day. Right. My, that is a fair point. And I, I do want to kind of bookend that statement, right? Because I haven't heard anybody say this, you know, you're going to, if you, if you go from, Adam's through, you're going to spend over a hundred grand on your kid in this game easily, easily over that time period, over that, that 10 year period. Um, what is the payoff from that investment? What is the ROI? Because here's the thing it has very little to do with hockey, right? Your kid is getting a first class education and adversity. If you play a sport, this isn't even just limited to hockey, right? Your kid is getting a first class education on how to work with other people. Your kid is getting a first-class education on how to get up when you get knocked down. There is a reason that, and this is statistically proven, that that young boys and girls that play sports through high school are better equipped for the workforce. It's well-known, and it's because of the things I just said. They know how to deal with adversity. know how to work with other people. They understand leadership. They understand failure. There's a big difference between the kid who gets to college having lost three championship games in his life or her life and the kid who's never lost anything or the kid who gets to college and has only been expected to get a hundred percent on every single test. And the kid who didn't or had struggled or had dyslexia. There's a reason why some of the top CEOs, business people in the world, some, not all have massive learning disabilities because they've had to work harder than everyone else. And they've been through that adversity. Right. So that's the return on your investment is these life lessons, these life skills, probably some friends along the way that you're not ever going to lose. I mean, the health benefits alone, <laughs> all right, maybe it's not worth over a hundred grand, but I'm saying that when you add all these up, it was worth the investment. Most likely if your son or daughter comes out of this game, whenever they stop, could be eight, 18, whatever. And they're a better person because of it. You have done your child a massive service by paying for that hockey or sport or anything in my belief, right? Might not feel that way at first. <laughs> and it's very tough when they're 18 and you haven't seen them as a 28, 38 year old yet. And how they, how they're part. I mean, Christy, I'm going to throw this to you. Like your kids are fantastic people. They are great oh, they people. Are. Yeah. You know? they really You're are. so proud of them. I can say that. Right. I like, just, they're just such good people. They really are. I'm so proud of them. You know, right. um, I'll, I'll share a story. For example, um, my son's a huge Buffalo Bills fan and I totally forgot the game was on at one o'clock. And I, I called him and said, my sister and I, are, we're going to go pick you up. We're going to go see my mom. My mom's in the nursing home. And there was a little pause and he goes, Oh, okay. 
So I pull up in his driveway, he comes out, he's got his Buffalo Bills garb on. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot. The game was on. I'm so sorry. And he gets in there, he goes, that's okay. We got to go see grandma. She took care of me. I got to wow. take care of her. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Good people. <laughs> Good Kristen, I'm going to tell you one. That is the most mom thing I think I'm going to hear today. <laughs> All right. And number two is like, that's correct. Right. That's yeah. totally correct. The prioritization there of the family over the game. Yeah. Um, you know, and look, look, there's been times in my life I wouldn't have acted that way. <laughs> but you know, the Stanley Cup is on right now, but uh, I know exactly. Yeah. Right. So, it, it's, um, it's but we're, ra we're raising adults. We're not just raising hockey players and raising kids. We're raising right. adults right now. Just keep that in mind. Um, I also just wanted to mention, you know, we talk about fun as you get into the, you know, more elite teams. And Caitlin mentioned the NH NHL players still have a lot of fun during practice. And I, poked on my daughter's um, college hockey Twitter account. And this, this, it was hilarious. They mic'd up the players and they were asking them, who would you want to be kicked off the island or not be on an island with? And they all named what, this one player. <laughs> and they were laughing and having fun. And so, you know, as, you get, as, as the kids get older, college level, NHL, they still find time to have fun. So it's, it's not all a grind when you get up in the more elite levels. <laughs> right. Well, look, just rounding this episode out, because I think we had a lot of great points. Um, I, Chris, I do want to say your daughter is fantastic as well. She's a leader. She, she, she believes in people. She, she leads her teammates. Mike, your kids are probably fantastic as well. Although I'll let you say that. And <laughs> we all know. I might just say my yeah. kids are great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because I know if they when they listen to this, I don't want them feeling uh, <laughs> right. Neglected. Right. Yeah. My my dad didn't say anything though. He, Mike's kids, he loves you very much. We know yes. that. Um. Yes. And, and look, I'll say this again. The, just reminding everybody, there's three aspects here with what we're talking about. There's the the kid approach, the player approach, the parent approach, the coach approach. And you got to analyze all three of those things and ask great questions, right? To Mike's point, you know, coaches, we have to make it fun. And if it's going to be super AAA elite, all-star showcase, whatever, right? You can still make it fun. You can still make it fun and you can still be very clear about your expectations. If some of you might not play, here's how we're going to respond to that. All right. Or, you know, I, I, I think in youth hockey, I don't like hear coaches saying it's not my job to make it fun. Yeah, it is. It is totally your job to make it fun. Okay, that that is exactly it's what so, it's, so crazy. it's so you know, crazy. Right? I mean, the, the, when you yeah. hear that, and you know, you just said it, and I'm hearing, I'm hearing coaches say it. Yeah, it's like this is this is not supposed to be. Like, and that's my like that's kind of my go to line with my with my seven year olds that when we work on the ice, I'm like, listen, like I'll see all the little kids out there, I'm like, and they love it, right? You're like, listen, you can't be smiling here. If I see you smiling again. You gotta go off the ice because this because this is serious business here. Right. Like, there's no way you should be laughing and having fun. And when you hear like if you go, if you follow my social media at all and you hear like if you really listen to the videos and I'm doing I'm doing with the little kids and they're doing drills, they're laughing and giggling and yeah and having and fun. and these aren't bad. They're <laughs> yeah. having fun. But I'll tell you, I, you know, I coached a little bit with the uh, the Connecticut Whale. These are the elite of the elite. These are pro women's hockey players. I've never seen a group of people have more fun in my life. Right. Like they had so much fun pre-practice, during practice, after practice, in 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 games, on the bench, like having fun. Now, are, are, we, are they always having fun? Is it always, you know, giggling? No, there's there's a time and a place. But if you're not enjoying and having fun and keeping it light and being 
you know, and entertaining each other, then what the hell is the point of being on a team? Like, what's the point of doing what you're doing? Like, and I, I, so I think it is, it is fun and elite have to go together. They have right. to go together because the most elite players have the most fun. Yeah. I totally well agree. Yes, sir. Well I think I'm going to end it on that guys. I'll, I'll say this to the, again, the person who wrote that email, we, we all wish you and your child nothing but the best in the game. And we hope we gave you some great advice today. And for the rest of the audience, we hope uh, we did that as well. If you have a question, if you have a comment, if you have a concern, something you would like us to discuss as, as a panel here, uh, you can email us, team at ourkidsplayhockey.com. Obviously, that's where we're getting a lot of these from. Uh, we have other episodes we're going to do because we get a lot of comments also on our Facebook group, Our Kids Play Hockey. Make sure you join that if you haven't already. Uh, this whole show is built on discussion points, right? While we are your uh, stewards into that realm, uh, this is for the group, right? We made this show because there wasn't a group for us when we were doing this. And uh, I know all three of us learn a lot from each other and enjoy these conversations. So with that said, I want to thank all of you for listening to this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. Remember this episode and every other one can be heard wherever you listen to podcasts or our website, ourkidsplayhockey.com. If you got value, please give us that five-star review uh, subscription, whatever you need to do, share it with your friends, put in your team snaps or wherever your team does it. Say, got this really great episode today. You should listen to it. You know where I'm going with that. So <laughs> with that said, for Christy Casciano Burns and Mike Benelli, I'm Lee Elias. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, everybody, as you enjoy the depths of hockey. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. Make sure to like and subscribe right now if you found value wherever you're listening, whether it's a podcast network, a social media network, or our website, ourkidsplayhockey.com. Also, make sure to check out our children's book, When Hockey Stops, at whenhockeystops.com. It's a book that helps children deal with adversity in the game and in life. We're very proud of it. But thanks so much for listening to this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey, and we'll see you on the next episode.